Welcome to Bang the Table Talks, a monthly podcast where we discuss the evolving world of community engagement. Each month, we will discuss trends, best practices, and information to assist in running better community engagement programs. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Bang the Table Talks. My name is Amanda Nagel. I'm an engagement manager for Bang the Table. I joined the U.S. team in March of this year after 15 years of service in local government. I am so excited to be a part of a company dedicated to strategic and comprehensive community engagement. The very best part of my job is that I get to work with local government leaders across the country who are building fantastic processes for their communities. One of the most inspiring I've met is just down the road from our Boulder office in Lakewood, Colorado. Allison Sheck is the Public Engagement and Operations Manager in the Community Resources Department for the City of Lakewood. Allie, I am so excited to have you here and doing this podcast. I think your story and Lakewood's journey will really serve as a guide for others who are in the process of creating an online platform for their community or those who are in the midst of a master planning process. Before we jump into work, though, would you be willing to tell us a little bit about yourself? Sure. Thanks so much. Amanda, I am so happy to to have been invited. I'm so honored to have been invited to this podcast because it's my first one, my first podcast. I'm a little bit nervous, but you're making it fun. Um, So a little bit about me in my current role. I oversee um, a central services division of the city that focuses on public engagement, capital projects development, marketing, communications, budget, and administration for the fund department. So that's parks, arts, recreation, golf, culture, transportation, education, and a few other really fun things. So my team provides the support services that our colleagues need in order to provide exceptional services to Lakewood's residents. So I get to work on a lot of fun projects, but I will say my the favorite part of my job is working with the public to make something really great happen. So I've been with the city now for a little over five years. I worked for the city of Lakewood in the early 2000s, and then I went off to Cronky Sports and Entertainment for almost 10 years where I managed uh, sports and entertainment venues. And I uh, came back, I came back, my heart is definitely in local government and Lakewood is in particular a very special place to work. Yeah, so that's a bit about me. You know, the value of a motivated team with a positive attitude and especially some authentic leadership, which it's pretty clear to me your team has. To use a little bit of a cliche, I suppose, you definitely have the right people on the bus for this project. Share with us a little bit about the team's charge and direction. What did you set out to do initially? Yeah, my boss, Kit Newland, uh, the Community Resources Director, wanted to develop a roadmap for the department for the next five years. So that's... um, quite a short-term master plan. It's shorter than we might see in local government. Sometimes we talk about 10 or 15-year plans, and, you know, she felt that the, the last plan that we completed was actually in 2008, and, and we completed so much of the work that was set forth in that plan, but so much changes, especially in today's world, over a 10-year period. So her vision was, let's start with something uh, with, a, with a shorter period of time and really make an impact. Um, her vision was that we complete the master planning effort pretty quickly. So we did the whole thing from beginning to end in about nine months. And that plan should direct the next five years of our work. So to do that, we knew that quick and nimble and effective communication and participation would be the key to our success. 
And we also knew that our residents' participation in the development of Imagine Lakewood, our master plan, would be of paramount importance to our city council. Our council right now is very um, aware of the amount of public participation that we receive. They wanna hear a lot of different voices in our, in our processes. And so we knew that public participation would be central to the success of our master planning effort. So we set out to hear from as many people as possible within the course of nine months of the nine month planning effort, including that survey period, with the goal of developing a master plan for our arts park and rec department that would really reflect what the community wanted. You know, it's just really clear to me, obviously we're gonna talk about tools and processes that you all use as we move forward in this conversation, but the leadership and energy from both Kit and yourself had a lot to do with the success of this project. Perhaps you'd like to speak a little bit more to that. Yeah, I think it's important to remember here that we're we were talking to the public about a really fun topic, arts, parks, and recreation, right? So, you know, we wanted to have a little fun with the public, with public engagement as well. And this was just the perfect topic on which to do so. You know, we did decide to have some fun with it and broach some of the more non-sexy topics, you know, like dog do, with some humor and our best effort. And I think when you have a leader in kit that allows you to, to sort of take some risks and have some fun with it, then that's a really good thing. We, you need to be willing to take a little bit of a risk. I think when you're starting something new like this, it was calculated, but does that make sense? We, we, we had some fun and it really did pay off. Absolutely. I think I'm going to set a fun goal for myself and every podcast I do, I'd like to mention dog do from this point forward. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay. I've got a challenge for you then. Um, you've I got to think of then what are all the different ways you can say dog do in your podcast? And you got to hit it. all of them. You can't just say it once. I perhaps we'll run a contest. You know, Imagine yeah. Liquid is such a creative title. It evokes interest almost as much as dog do. Look, we did it again. Tell us more about this project and how you decided online engagement needed to be a big part of the initiative. Sure, yeah. Well, you know, as I mentioned, this is a fun topic, and we really did want our residents to imagine what they wanted their arts, parks, and recreation programs and facilities to look like in the future. And you're right. The I don't even remember how. I think it was a great brainstorming effort that we sort of came up with the title and a really fun little mock to go with it, bright colors, hot pink, orange. We made sunglasses for folks. We did temporary tattoos for kids. We made t-shirts for stuff that everybody wanted, kept having to order more. So we did want to start with something that clearly said, this is arts, parks, and recreation. This is about quality of life. And we want you to imagine what you want the future to look like. So um, in order to get as many people involved as possible, we just had to employ a variety of tools. So it was, all, it was our first pilot with EHQ, with Engagement HQ. But we also, we did so many other things too, and I think that's what made it such a success. So we did a statistically valid survey, um, which mailed to a random sample, along with an opt-in online version. We conducted workshops with local sixth grade classes. That was fun because we asked them to imagine what Lakewood's arts, parks, and recreation might look like when they're adults and when they have children, what would they want that to be? We held a number of public meetings that were really fun. They were more open house style. Um, we talked to attendees at events 
And of course, we knew that conducting a robust online engagement effort would really round that out, would you know, really complete that portfolio of public engagement. And so using all of these methods, we were really able to reach that diverse audience that we were shooting for. But I would say that the online tool is what really helped us reach beyond our usual audience. You know, I just get this perception. It's like the best possible case scenario, right? I mean, it's the fun topic. It's almost like your bouncy houses and, you know, festivals, which are like my favorite things to do. So I'm envisioning that. But, you know, Ali, let's face it, creating a new platform amidst an already overwhelming, encompassing community engagement strategy. I mean, at the very best, it requires a lot of multitasking. What worked well and what challenges did you guys experience? Yeah, it's, it's, it's just best not to think of it like that while you're doing it, right? You've got to get on with it. Um, I think you've got to begin with the end in mind. So it, in this case, it wasn't, um, no offense, but it wasn't about EHQ, right? It wasn't about this new platform. It was about getting as much feedback as we possibly could. Um, and so I was really driven to do that. My team was very, very committed to that. Um, so, we, you know, you do whatever it takes. but. As far as organizationally, I'll say this. We use Imagine Liquid as our pilot project for Engagement HQ. And it was really helpful um, for us to think of it that way because it was somewhat of a contained project. Um, our city leadership was happy for us to explore the use of the tool without worrying you know, too much about its impact on other aspects of the city's work. So we were able to sort of start small. Um, a small team had access to the back end of the tool. We had a specific focus. This project had longevity. It was up there for, it's actually still, the, the project page itself is still live. We, we actually host everything there still. Um, but we were able to work with, this small team was able to work with the Imagine Liquid Steering Committee that was made up of the leadership of the Community Resources Department to understand the areas of feedback that we wanted. And so we were sort of, we were learning the tool. We were um, using the feedback we were getting from the leadership team to go and, and get the information we wanted from the public. We were able to demonstrate its efficacy to others in the city, other departments, the city's communications team, the city leadership. And all of this was around a fun project where there wasn't too much risk. Um, so hopefully that makes sense, but we, we just jumped in and did it. We didn't spend too much time worrying about the big picture of this online engagement. We said, let's really focus on this project and learn the tool this way. You know, Ali, what I take from that is sometimes just start doing and process as you go or after the fact. Is, is that fair? Yeah, I, I think it is. And I'm sure there are plenty out there, listeners, that, that wouldn't agree that that's a good way to go, right? In theory, perhaps, um, you know, putting together a strategy and making sure you've got policy and everything around that is so important before you launch into something. And I'll, I'll say that I'm not sure if we would have ever got it off the ground had we had we looked at it that way. Um, we're a pretty big city. We have 150,000 residents. We are just under 1,000 employees, about 900 employees. So in our organization, I think it might have been quite challenging to get all of that done without really understanding what it is the tool can do. So yeah, I, I do think this is an example where we calculated the risk, if you like, is there any political potential fallout here? 
and we said, you know what, this is a fun project. And I remember our city manager when we previewed the site with her saying, this is contained. This is good. This is contained. It's very specific to an area of focus. So exactly what you just said, Amanda, let's start doing. And I'm so glad we did. Great. You know, sometimes I tend to be a little bit uh, pie in the sky. Engagement HQ can solve all the world's ills and is the answer to all the life's engagement problems. And I think for a big part of issues, that's true. But sometimes you need to connect to other resources to really find the right tools to work on a specific project. I think an example in Imagine Lakewood was your use of Qualtrics for your survey. Can you tell us about that choice and the value how did Qualtrics interact with Engagement HQ and what kind of results did you guys see? Yeah, that's a great point. So we actually partnered with the National Research Center, also out of Boulder, I believe, Amanda, down the road from you. Um, and the National Research Center managed our survey and they use Qualtrics as their survey tool. So when we engaged with the National Research Center, they came to the table with and we use Qualtrics. So while EHQ does have a built-in survey tool that we've used and we've played with, you're right, there are cases when it's desirable to work with a third-party software. And I think what's really important is that we don't get too bogged down in that. Like, oh no, we, you know, we, we can't use this other tool. Of course you can. Your, your platform's flexible enough. And, and in this case, you know, this was a really, really big survey and they were doing all the data analysis. So heck yeah, we were going to use Qualtrics. And it was so simple. I mean, in this case, all we did was post their link to the English and Spanish versions of the Qualtrics survey on our EHQ project page. And we did try to drive our residents first to visit the project page before linking through to the survey um, because, you know, it gave them a glimpse of what else they would be able to do, you know, on the site, whether it was then or at a later point in the project. And it also encouraged them to sign up for updates. So with regards to the opt-in online survey, so again, this was, we had 600, um, I'm sorry, we had 3,000 mailed to a, ram a random sample, 600 in each of our five wards. But then about you know two weeks after that was done, we made the link available for those that wanted to opt in. We had over 1,600 residents opt in to the survey online, which was a much higher participation rate than we or the National Research Center was expecting. And um, Amanda, I remember your boss, Matt Crozier, came down. We were working on building out the rest of the site. And he couldn't believe how quickly we had such an overwhelming participation in the survey. So yeah, it worked out great. The other thing we did while we had the survey li uh, link live was we encouraged folks while they were there to post a story about how they currently engaged with their with Lakewood Arts Parks and Recreation. And we got some really great stories and cute pictures, a little boy on a climbing wall and, you know, all kinds of different things. So it was fun and it gave folks another way to sort of experience the platform and think, okay, this is easy enough. I'll, I'll come back and participate once the survey is closed. So yeah, you guys made it really easy for us to use Qualtrics in this case. You know, one of the issues or points or process pieces that really occurs to me, and I want to be really clear so our listeners understand, it isn't just the community engagement piece. I mean, the participation in Qualtrics is phenomenal. 
all of the events, it's phenomenal. But for those of us who've worked in local government, I, I think we can all say that on one hand, you sort of balance that public process. And on the other hand, it's about the decision-making process for elected officials, administrators, whoever's charged with that decision. Sometimes we do great engagement and then it, that piece doesn't go as well for whatever reason that dots don't connect. That that was the opposite for Imagine Lakewood. Can you talk about how you really were so successful on the second hand, right? Like the, the decision-making process. How did that go, Allie? Thanks. Thanks so much for the compliments, Amanda. Um, yeah, it was a huge success in that we were able to take everything we heard from the public, boil it down into six goals and 42 actions that our city council adopted unanimously. And I think largely because they were able to see the public's work in those goals and in those actions. And that was really evident to them. So the success began with the terrific survey response. And while this isn't related to much to EHQ, I'll just say that we couldn't believe it. The NRC analyzed our data set separately. So the data set from the random sample and then the data set from the opt-in pool initially were, were analyzed separately because in theory, they should be pretty different, right? You're hearing from a random sample you may have never heard from before. You're also hearing from an opt-in sample that chose to take that survey. In other words, they, they know you, they know our facilities, they know our programs. So in total, over 2,200 residents took the survey and the both data sets actually matched. And it was just crazy that that was the case. They were, NRC was very, very surprised. The National Research Center was very surprised. So again, over 2,200 residents were able to identify the priority topics for the further exploration at the very beginning of the project. So we very much started there. We started with that survey and we still today rely on that data that we collected just over a year ago. The various topics that were identified, the problems, the challenges, the desires, the, the wants and the needs, that's what drove it. So Let's take a topic, again, we'll go back to dogs, seeing as dog do is your favorite thing to talk about today. Um, and so, you know, dogs, that's dogs off leash, that's dog waste, that's dog parks, um, came up as problems and challenges and opportunities to, to work on some more with the community. And in our world, in arts, parks, and recreation, anything involving dogs tends to evoke sort of frustration and disagreement from the public on how best to handle it. And I think that something that EHQ does very well is give us the ability to demonstrate how differing opinions are. So in this case, when we started working on, you know, there are too many dogs off leash running in our parks. There's too much doggy do laying on on the paths, the trails and the fields. There aren't enough places to exercise my dog off leash. All of those topics, um, you'll never find a room full of people that agree on how best to solve any of that. So someone might say, sure, yeah, I'd love another dog park in Lakewood. Please don't put it near me. Please put it on the other side of town. And you might have the neighbor saying, well, actually, I'd really like a dog park right down the street because I'd like to be able to walk to it. No one's going to agree on any of this. And again, EHQ gave us the ability to actually demonstrate how neighbors felt so differently than their neighbors. And neighbors could see that. So staff could see how differing the opinions were. Neighbors could see how differing the opinions were. That, oh my gosh, not everyone feels the same way as I do. And again, our city council was able to see that too. You know, when you're sitting on city council, oftentimes you're hearing from the same people. 
I mean, our council tries really hard to get out there and, and listen to different opinions, but as far as sort of who's picking up the phone or who's regularly emailing, and I think it's hard for them sometimes to understand the bigger and, and broader perspectives when they're not hearing directly from all these other residents. Well, again, EHQ gave us the ability at that study session to work through, look, here are all the different things that people think about these different issues. So some of the issues in Imagine, we were able to say, yes, these are priorities. Our residents want more spray parks. Our residents want us to buy more parkland. Our residents want us to explore the feasibility of big sort of destination pool, which we, we really don't have in Lakewood right now. But some of the issues, the stickier issues, like dogs, like our canine friends, on those we were actually able to demonstrate, these are almost wicked problems, and we as the staff need your trust to move forward and come back with our analysis on the best way to fix them because we aren't going to please everybody. And so that was actually really powerful. I hope I'm, I'm making some sense there. So, you know, through all the comments, all the feedback that we gathered, we were able to show our council that we really did consult with the public and we did use the input we gathered towards shaping the recommended plan. And some of those actions are going to be more challenging than others and aren't going to make everyone happy. Overall, we heard from over 4,000 residents throughout the whole course of the Imagine project, again, by employing all these different tools. And our council was thrilled. But again, more importantly, I think they understood that many of the issues in the plan involve developing solutions that aren't going to make every resident in Lakewood happy. And so we've learned there's just no silver bullet when it comes to dogs. I'm afraid. You know, we focus so far on Imagine Lakewood and for really good reason, Allie. I mean, it, the project's been amazing, amazing success for decision making, for community engagement. You've all have really built some community capacity and it launched the Lakewood Together site. Would you mind telling us a little bit about other initiatives and projects and where you all think EHQ is going to help as you move forward? Yeah, absolutely. I Honestly, I think we've barely scratched the surface on how this tool is going to be able to help us. We do have a couple of other active projects right now, and one of those is the Lakewood Development Dialogue. And so that's managed by my colleagues out of the planning department. And Amanda, you've been really instrumental in helping that along. Thank you. So the Lakewood Development Dialogue, I believe is about six months old now, and it, it exists, the whole project exists to tackle the issue of growth in Lakewood, uh, growth and development in Lakewood from the perspective of different topic areas, such as parking, traffic, housing options, design standards, and I think there are a couple of others. Growth is a very sensitive topic across the Denver Metro, across the state as a whole, and, and Lakewood is no exception. And again, it's a, it's a topic that I would say has, is maybe not as fun as Hearts, Parks, and Recreation, but so, so, so important and also quite contentious and emotional. And while I haven't been too directly involved in it, I know that EHQ has allowed us to approach the topic with the public in a very productive way. Again, you know, by sort of drilling down into more specific areas of the overall issue. So, you know, we're not saying, tell us what you think about people moving to Lakewood. We're saying, let's talk about specifically parking and, and traffic and how we could start to resolve some of those issues, right? So by drilling down to those more specific areas, I think the conversation set starts to get just, you know, less emotional and more solution oriented. So that's the Lakewood Development Dialogue, which I believe they're actually presenting to our uh, city council in the coming weeks. So that's cool. Another 
fun one we've recently launched is regarding community gardens. And, and that came out of the master plan. We learned that the residents of Lakewood would like more opportunities for community gardening. And so we launched a project specifically to find out where the interest in Lakewood might be regarding its next community garden. And I'm really looking forward to seeing how that one plays out. In fact, for that project, we just used your survey tool for the first time, and that worked out great. So uh, we're sort of, you know, at the beginning stages of that. I'll say this, Lakewood turns 50 next year. We're a pretty young city. We're going to be 50 in 2019. And we are currently working on a community engagement program around that milestone. And while we haven't nailed it all down yet, I know that EHQ will play a big role in it because we know it's, it's easy for our residents to use. And so, you know, we're talking about using EHQ to collect stories from our residents. We, we're talking about doing um, a six word story contest or, you know, reaching out to residents, finding residents that have lived here all 50 years and, and using EHQ to help do that and help people actually tell their stories. Maybe do a photo contest get feedback on how we should celebrate, promote how we're celebrating. So another way that we think the EHQ can help us in the city is through internal communication. And we started that a little bit. We had a big company picnic and we used EHQ internally for folks to upload and post and share their photos of the day. So like I said, I think we've barely scratched the surface on how the tool can help us. But I do think that as we start to continue to refine our internal processes, we need to make sure that it simply features in every public outreach effort that we do. So this is one tool that we use in addition to the public meeting or the public open house. And, you know, we'll continue to build. I'm very confident of that. Allie, what are the benefits to the community for all of this effort? Well, we're making it easier for people to participate in shaping their community, plain and simple, right? I know that so many people contributed to our Imagine plan or to the Lakewood Development Dialogue or told us so far where they live and where they would like to community garden because they can do it from home or you know their kids' soccer practice or work instead of having to show up to attend a specific public meeting. And their opinions are no less valid because they didn't attend a meeting. You know, I sort of think about the folks, I think about myself and my own community and I think, gosh, you know, I'd love to have a, a say in that, or I'd love to give some input on that, but I don't care enough to rearrange my life or skip something else and make plans to show up, you know, to a meeting across town. But I still like, you know, I still care. I still like to share some perspective. And so we know that we're hearing from the less extreme poles of a particular issue because we're mo removed these barriers to participation. And I think, again, that that's really powerful. You know, we talk about in local government, the STPs, the same 10 people that show up. And I think that's not the case. That certainly wasn't the case with Imagine. We, we got lots of people showing up. But oftentimes when people do show up, they might be passionate about either one particular issue or about a, a specific position on that spectrum of that issue, if that makes sense. And I think what we're doing here is giving the folks that maybe aren't so extreme in their views or you know, have some interesting perspectives but aren't going to lobby for it necessarily or campaign for it, a voice. And so I just think that when we remove these, those barriers to participation, your platform's responsive. Folks can hop on their mobile phone and pretty quickly and pretty easily participate. And when they can do that, our projects are stronger because simply we're just hearing from a broader mix of users, visitors, and residents. So that's the benefit. The benefit is being able to feel good. When we build a new playground, it's being able to say, we gave folks the opportunity to tell us what they wanted and, and again, feel good about that. So, 
So I think that's the benefit. Holly, what has community feedback about the site itself been like? What are you hearing? You know, I don't think you're going to like this, Amanda. It's funny, Uh isn't it? Like, how often do you hear someone say, oh, my gosh, that's a great website? We don't hear that, but we always hear about it when something's not working. So when we send links out on nextdoor.com or we, you know, send send someone to a particular website, we'll hear about it if it's difficult to use or if they have trouble signing in. And I have to say, it's been really quiet on that front. So I definitely talk to folks that will say, I love your site. It's so great. But most importantly for us, we're not getting angry messages letting us know that it's difficult. So to me, that is great community feedback. And I'll also say this, our council loves it. You know, actually, Allie, I do appreciate it. After spending a lot of my career doing neighborhood work, sometimes silence is the very best message of all. So thank you. Yeah, exactly. You know, you guys have made some strides in connecting other community resources. You talked about with a Qualtrics survey, but there's other things that people can access from the Engagement HQ site. It's almost becoming like a one-stop community shop. What is that like? What's happening? Yeah, there's there's definitely con- some concern with the steering committee. We want to make sure that we're not making our Liquid Together site look or feel like it is the government website, right? We don't want folks to sort of get confused. But you're right in that we have added some links to our page, such as What's Good in the Wood, a link to What's Good in the Wood, which is our blog, and to our publications. And we did that because we know that folks are hitting the site because of a particular project. And they may not ever spend time on our big government site. So they're coming here and why not show them what else they can get involved in in their community and learn about Lakewood. So, and to be completely honest, we haven't, you know, we're still building our pipeline of projects. So we had a couple of spots in our homepage and we thought, you know, what else would be good here? What else do we want to send people to and and make sure we give them a good taste of what their local city government offers? So the tool presents that flexibility and uh, we're just, we're trying a couple different things uh, to see what's successful for us. Great. It's sure exciting to see what you all keep trying and what's working and sometimes the lessons learned from what didn't work, right? So fantastic opportunity. I just want to say it's really been a pleasure. Is there anything you'd like to add? Yeah, I just want to say thanks so much again for having me. And I'll just add that while I'm so again, thrilled and honored to have been invited to chat with you. I do feel like we're at the beginning stages of this and gosh, I and we have so much to learn. So I uh, I can promise you I'll be tuning into your other episodes and I'd love to be invited back at some point, a couple of years, when I have way more experience under my belt and maybe can provide some good uh, juicy information for the listeners. So yeah, just thanks to you and to the entire Bang the Table crew for being so darn great to work with. Allie, you are so sweet. And I think I can speak on behalf of the entire crew and say you are welcome anytime. Also, just want to extend, you know, part of this is about building a community of practice and learning from one practitioner to another. So I'm really excited about those opportunities. And I hope all our listeners will take advantage of that. Thank you so much. Thanks, Amanda. Thank you for tuning in to Bang the Table Talks. Join us monthly as we continue to explore topics and best practices to assist in community engagement. Check out our other resources at bangthetable.com.